I want to talk on this podcast about prophecy. Um, it's a real interesting topic in the world today because there's a lot of people who've made a lot of prophetic uh, predictions over the past year, year and a half that uh, have not been right. And uh, the church has not called them out for their uh, being incorrect, uh, claiming something has been told them from the mouth of God and for it to not come true would either make God wrong or would make them a false prophet. You know, prophecy kind of, uh, it's found in the Old Testament, and I have high regard for the prophets of the Old Testament, very high regard for them. But it really has fallen out of practice in the church really since uh, shortly after the time of Christ uh, until more modern times, probably in the last 50 years or so, with, uh, with the influence of and a growing influence of the Pentecostal movement. And, uh, and even maybe some non-denominationals, but primarily the Pentecostals uh, that have brought uh, that gift, and I put that in quotes, that has, uh, and it is a spiritual gift as it's listed in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, um, but they brought that gift back. And it, it's, it's an inter- interesting gift because uh, when you think of maybe some of the gifts, how do you know if you have a gift? Well, uh, you find out if you have the gift of healing in that, like, if you uh, place your hands on someone, uh, if they're healed. Well, how do you determine if someone's got the gift of prophecy? Well, the only real way you can tell if someone's got that gift is, uh, did what they prophesied about come true? And that's how the Bible tells us we're to determine if someone's a, a true prophet or a false prophet. So you can understand it's problematic if you claim to have the gift of healing, but you're not healing people. Um, and if you're claiming the gift of prophecy, yet you're getting it wrong. Because um, once again, only God can be wrong, or you can be wrong, and God's never wrong. You know, it, it's probably my theological training uh, that I've brought up, been brought up in a very conservative uh, Christian uh, mindset, which pretty much understands that the Scripture is all that's really necessary for knowing God and understanding who He is. Um, I respect that greatly. I lean to that very heavily. I leave the door open more than uh, some of the other uh, people perhaps I went to school with because I recognize that there's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that God can uh, speak through His Spirit. And I'm certain, certain does speak through His Spirit. But I have to say, I keep modern prophecy in pretty low regard. Um, I don't see a great need for it. Um, it's, it seems to be a more modern phenomenon. And... Uh, and I really kind of distrust a lot of the people who uh, who seem to be active in that community. And uh, and so the reason I'm bringing this up, I don't know, there's a variety of reasons. I think in the modern church, uh, once again, due to the heavy influence of the Pentecostal movement, there's a lot of people who feel like they're kind of hearing from God. They're getting a word from the Lord. And because they think that they're hearing from God, they, uh, they're always kind of saying it in terms of their own what they're doing is they're they're claiming things being the word of the Lord that ultimately comes from themselves. But how do you really argue with someone? If someone comes to you and says, the Lord told me to tell you this. Uh, you know, the Lord can tell people to, to tell them that, but you don't know if God's told them to tell you that. So how do you argue with it? You don't want to discount, you know, if perhaps God is actually trying to speak to you through someone else. Of course, you might be sitting there thinking, well, why didn't God just tell me in the first place? rather than telling you, but God's going to work the way that God's going to work. But I will say primarily, and I say this often in my sermons, one, God is not chatty. And um, 
if we're going to understand God talking to people and speaking to people, we have to understand it in the context of Scripture. And I think people oftentimes confuse thoughts and feelings with God speaking to them. And that is an incredibly dangerous thing for the individual. It's an incredibly dangerous thing for the people that they're speaking to. Because once again, you can't just totally dismiss the fact that God might be trying to speak to you through someone else. I've had several people uh, tell me in my life that, you know, they feel like God's put it on their heart to, to tell me something. Actually, I'm lying. Um, not intentionally. I'm just exaggerating. Not intentionally. I, I've had maybe a handful of people. Honestly, um, I'm thinking of two. I'm sure it's happened more. Um, I, I, but it's it's happened a relatively few times. But I remember two specific uh, situations in which that's been the case. No, I can remember three. Um, and uh, one, I believe God may very well have actually uh, said it because uh, what this person said to me, which they were Pentecostal, uh, they had only met me for the first time uh, 15 minutes earlier. And uh, when they prefaced, uh, they really feel like God's telling them to, to tell me this. They knew nothing about me and my life or whatever. And they were just sitting there like reading my book. I mean, they were uh, totally um, saying things that were accurate uh, for the moment in terms of where I was at. Um, and what was going on in my life and, and how I was feeling spiritually and personally and what have you. Um, so they were not only completely accurate on that, which they wouldn't have been able to do because they didn't know like if my mood was down, how I normally was or so forth. Um, but then even what they you know spoke in terms of what God was saying to them uh, does seem to be relatively accurate to uh, what uh, they said. And this was maybe two and a half years ago or so. Um, and, and it seems accurate to what I've experienced since then. So how do I know that it's true? Well, as they spoke it, it just, it rang true. And uh, since they spoke it, it, it's, uh, it's been true. Um, so I, I tend to believe that God did put that in their heart to say something. And I heard other stories where that's happened. And I believe that does happen. Uh, but I've had people uh, say things in the past that they uh, believe that God is telling them to say uh, that uh, it doesn't ring true and uh, it's not true and nor does it ever come true. And once again, I think that's people confusing their own thoughts and their feelings. So I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago and um, I was actually expecting to get a lot of pushback from it, but really got relatively mild pushback. Not really sure I got any pushback, but uh, I basically said, I, you know, where does God speak through thoughts and feelings? And I and I didn't rule out the possibility that he has done that in the past. Uh, but I said, I'm really struggling with, you know, where in the Bible does he ever do that? Because we, we see him speak through angels. We see him speak through prophets. Um, we see him speak through um, a burning bush to Moses and a donkey. Um, you know, we see him speak in a variety of ways. But then there's those times, especially to the prophets, it, the way it's phrased is, the word of the Lord came to uh, Zechariah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, uh, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Now, we're not told how the word of the Lord came to those people. Um, so could it have been through thoughts and feelings? I guess it could have, but I don't know how they would know that was the word of the Lord because we constantly have thoughts and feelings. And how are you to determine when a thought and a feeling is from God or if it's not from God? Um, so I doubt 
uh, that it happened that way. And I don't still to this day think there's really any scriptural proof to show that God speaks that way. But I believe that God does speak that somehow to the prophets and to people, uh, he'll put a message in their heart or in their mouth or in their mind uh, that is uniquely different than a thought or a feeling, uh, that it comes from an external source, not internally. Um, even that, though that might not be audibly heard from the external with one's ears, um, it is still heard externally internally, uh, if that makes sense, uh, it, which is totally different than what thoughts and feelings are, which are generated really from within, from one's mind. They come from within. They don't come from uh, from outside one's thought processes. Um, I did have a, a, a member uh, shoot me an uh, email this morning, and, and I loved it. I, I do not remember this passage. I can tell you, even if I had, I wouldn't think too fondly of it. Now, for those of you who know me, I don't mean disrespect in that. Uh, I'm just saying it doesn't tightly fit with my theology, and we always have to understand Scripture in terms of Scripture. So yanking this passage out of context I don't think is helpful, but I was so thankful that he sent it because I do have to understand this passage in the in the realm of, uh, of all my other theology and everything else that I know about Scripture because just because you don't like a verse or it doesn't really fit with your theology, well, you have to make it fit. You have to... Uh, assimilate that into everything else that God says, because that gives us the complete picture of God. If we're just picking and choosing Bible passages we want to uh, listen to or believe, then um, then you're going to have a totally uh, screwed up and skewed uh, picture of who God is and what his word says. But um, anyways, um, uh, John, uh, John Moore, uh, not that many of you will recognize that name, but John, thank you. Uh, he sent me a uh, this uh, Bible passage to uh, look at this morning, and um, it was uh, from First Corinthians chapter fourteen, twenty-nine and thirty. Uh, and it's talking about good order and worship. It's about if people are speaking in tongues, it needs to be done in order, in orderly, in worship, and so forth. And uh, you know, our church body doesn't really practice that uh, that gift uh, so much either. Uh, certainly not in worship. Uh, but uh, nor do we practice this one, it seems, on the surface. Uh, starting verse 29, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop, for you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. Now, um, John was sending this to me to ask me to consider, is this, does this seem like, you know, maybe God speaking through thoughts and, uh, and emotions? Um, it would be the best example of, of it, but I still don't think so. Uh, but it, it, it gets close. It seems like it could mean that, but honestly, um, and as I shared with him, I would still see this as being an external voice, the word of the Lord coming to you, which is different than a thought or a feeling. Uh, the other thing that we really need to be careful about is this uh, term prophets here in, in first Corinthians. It would almost seem like you just go to church and you sit around. And I think that the Quakers do this, uh, basically wait for someone to get a word from the Lord. And when they do, then they stand up and speak. Um, well, pr the word prophet in uh, the role of a prophet isn't always just to predict future events. 
um, Elijah, Jeremiah, all the great prophets in, in the Old Testament were oftentimes uh, just declaring what was known to be the word of the Lord. And we call that preaching and we call that teaching. So even when we look at this passage from 1 Corinthians 14, it'd be great for the charismatics to rip it out of context. And you see, you're supposed to be prophesying all the time. Well, prophets do more than just uh, speak about future events. Uh, they, they preach and they teach. And uh, when you look up uh, the, the word, what it means in the Greek, uh, you will clearly see that as well. And uh, I shared that with uh, John after he had sent it to me. Uh, so a very interesting passage. And uh, and I do appreciate when uh, people send me things like that. Because I, I, don't, I don't even pretend to have the Bible memorized. Um, I, but I have a fairly good understanding of, of what fits with uh, the overall theology of the Bible. I love systematics. That is how do uh, different things, different Bible passages that some people think are contradictory. But really is just kind of law and gospel and different applications of it. How does it all fit together? I love that, and I have a I have a a, a knack, if you will, a, a general sense of whether something uh, is uh, is 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 true or not. So normally, when people will say, "Well, doesn't the Bible say this or that?" I can tell you right off the bat, no, there's no way it says that, or or yeah, that's I'm I'm sure that is in the Bible, or I know that's where in, that I know where that is in the Bible. Well, if someone would have told me that passage out of context. Um, I've been like, that does not say that in the Bible. So I love it when you guys give me some uh, extra stuff to think about because I have to roll that into my general knowledge of the Bible and uh, and what is, uh, you know, what is uh, spoken in it. So uh, anyways, kind of getting back into this whole concept of uh, prophets, of true prophets, false prophets. There's just so many people, and not only just your average layperson, your average member in the pew who's, you know, kind of just chasing after God to, uh, and thinking they're hearing from God all the time. A lot of these modern prophets are as well. Um, we, and we have a lot of them in, in, in our area. Uh, people like uh, Kenneth Copeland. Um, uh, Gateway has um, certain people that uh, believe they've got the gift of prophecy. Um, but um, a lot of these prophets, um, they're, not, uh, they're not hearing from God. Um, one of the, the names that I hear uh, people mention all the time, uh, because he's super popular on um, uh, social media, is Greg Locke. Um, I'm constantly by my members getting mess uh, things of podcasts that he does or videos that he does and so forth. And um, I think they send them to me because, well, uh, I say a lot of the same things that, that Greg says. Um, but my problem with Greg is, one, uh, he takes it way too far. Uh, he takes it to an extreme that is not uh, helpful and that is not biblical. Um, just the signs that he puts up, the way that he speaks, the way he talks about people. It's there, there, There's not a love of Christ in his heart. He's rude. Uh, and you don't need to be rude to speak the truth. Uh, and also, uh, I have to tell you, he was one of a group of a uh, uh, 100-plus prophets, prominent prophets, uh, that said Trump was going to get reelected. And right away, this isn't, you know, for those of you who are more of my right-wingers listening, this isn't about, well, did he really win the election or not? Listen, God knows whether someone really wins the election or not. If God tells the people that, the prophet said he's going to be in the White House for another four years, um, God's able to explain, hey, uh, he's going to win the election, but they're not going to really give it to him. That wasn't what they said. They said that he was going to win the election, he was going to be in the White House. In fact, they even said that after 
after uh, he didn't appear to win the election, um, that he was still going to be put into it. And, and honestly, through March, a lot of this company of profits uh, was, was still proclaiming all this stuff. And they were just wrong. Um, a couple of them actually came back and apologized for being wrong, saying you know that that a, a prophecy that they gave was wrong. Uh, but most of them never even backed down from it. And once again, if you're claiming a word from the Lord and it doesn't come true, either you're wrong or God's wrong. And you better admit that you're wrong because God can't be wrong. Um, and 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 to not back down, honestly discredits the the prophets in general um so you had that whole deal around the election but you know you had uh, around the time of covid kenneth copeland and and some of these prophets were blowing literally blowing the covid away uh that it was just going to go away it didn't go away uh it certainly was blown up to a proportion that if you know me i, I think has been blown up to a proportion in a way that uh that is not good it's not right it's not helpful but it certainly did not go away. Thank you, Kenneth Copeland. Um, and so uh, they were wrong about that. Uh, they didn't prophesy anything about the riots. They didn't prophesy anything about Afghanistan. You know, the only thing that they prophesied about recently uh, was an election in which you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right. I mean, I could be a prophet a good part of the time if you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right. I don't claim to be a prophet. I told you I don't hold those who do claim to be in real high regards. Uh, why? Because when you have a 50-50 chance and you're still wrong, man makes Christians look like a bunch of fools. Um, you've, got, uh, you've got some of these, uh, these prophets. Um, one's Kat Kerr, and she honestly claims to like commune and go up into heaven multiple times a day to kind of talk to God and to get these revelations. Um, she's this older lady with pink hair. Um, there's, I had a friend that sent me a video that, you know, the, the guy's just really calling out a lot of these uh, false prophets, which kind of got me thinking about it, especially because I get uh, so many people sending me Greg Locke stuff, who, you know, was one of the people who uh, was apparently told wrong by God uh, about the election. I mean, they all lockstep together were, were prophesying the same. I think there's actually one prophet who, uh, who uh, actually uh, predicted uh, that it wasn't going to happen. But once again, I don't even know that I believe that because... You have a 50-50 shot when it comes to uh, saying someone's going to win the election. In fact, man, for 100 people to be wrong, uh, that, what's the odds of that when you have a 50-50 shot? Well, they're all just kind of saying what's on their mind. They're saying what they wish. They're saying what they feel. And it's what people do all the time. We confuse our feelings, our emotions with what's right. We confuse our feelings and emotions with what God would say or think or believe when we're not God. We're, we're not capable of processing the same way as him. Uh, his wisdom is not our own. His ways are far above us. And so uh, it, it, it's just a sad state of uh, America right now and Christ, Christianity in America and the world that we have all these people who are so incredibly wrong. And, and, and I've got my members still sending me, you know, Greg Locke stuff all the time. Listen, the guy is a false prophet and he's rude. Stop sending me his stuff just because we kind of believe similar on maybe the mask or, or vaccine or, or the fact that there's a lack of truth. Okay, great. But I don't align myself with false prophets and I don't really align myself with people who are rude.
You can say things that are truth without being rude. Um, that, that, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. Rudeness, the last time I read, was not a fruit of the Spirit. So what's, what's interesting, and I'm going to probably try to uh, wrap this up uh, before too long, but uh, there's, I've talked about this in a previous podcast, uh, but there's an interesting passage in 1 Kings 22, verse 22, and it has to do with King Ahab, and it's actually when God uh, gives uh, some prophets a deceiving spirit to deceive the prophets to be able to deceive the king. And I can't help but wonder when, like, the top 100 most influential prophets in, in America have been wrong about the election and, and they, they didn't, weren't prophesying anything about Afghanistan or about, you know, or some of them, like, prophesied and blew COVID away and it didn't happen. You have all these people, like, missing major events, major historical events, um, and also the ones that they're mentioning getting wrong consistently. Um, you have to wonder if, uh, once again, what's the odds of that? You would think you would get some people on either side of that. So is God giving uh, a deceiving spirit? Um, from uh, 1 Kings chapter 22, uh, verse 21, um, there's a true spirit that's um, speaking before, or true prophet that's speaking before Ahab and is basically challenging uh, the king. Uh, but then uh, verse 21 says, Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before uh, the Lord and said, I will entice him. The Lord's looking for someone who's going to go and entice King Ahab. And so uh, this uh, this spirit comes before the Lord and said, All right, I'll go and do, do your work for you. And uh, by what means, verse 22, the Lord asked. He said, I will go out and I'll be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all his prophets, he said. And God says, you will succeed in enticing him, says the Lord. Go and do it. So that jumps out at me that, that you know, God's like, I'm going to hand you over to your wickedness. And if what you're doing is, is you're wanting me to uh, basically check off King Ahab on your wickedness, I'm going to give a deceiving spirit that's going to tell all the prophets the same thing and it's going to be wrong. So that you make a bad decision and that ultimately uh, you are killed because of your wickedness. I can't help but question all of these big league, big time prophets getting all these things wrong. Could it be the same thing that's going on in First Kings chapter 22, verse 22, where God is asking, hey, who's going to be the deceiving spirit and who's going to fool all the prophets so that you know what? In the end, uh, my punishment is going to come upon a land and a people in a world that have become incredibly disobedient and, and maybe even upon the church. I don't have a better explanation for it. Do you? Thanks for uh, listening to my podcast today. Uh, if you have thoughts on whether or not God speaks through emotions and feelings, not because you just feel that way, but because uh, you found some interesting Bible passages, love to hear them from you. Um, otherwise, I would encourage all of you, be careful. Uh, do not ascribe to God that which does not belong to him. Don't confuse your thoughts and feelings as something that is coming from God. It can, but it doesn't have to. Um, and be very careful for these people who claim to be prophets and are out there prophesying. There's only one way that you can determine if a prophet is a true prophet, and that is what they say actually comes true. And if it doesn't, you would do well to not listen to them because they are taking God's name in vain. God cannot be wrong, so it must be them. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.